OKN, the podcast, serves as a vessel to bridge the gap between human isolation and connection. We are all going through something. However, what happens when we start sharing our stories? We will be able to connect, heal, and grow. Come with me and my guests on a journey that will uncover their OKN moment. I'm your host, Just Jess. Let's get started. Good evening, good morning, whatever you are listening to this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Jess Jess, and welcome to OK and the Podcast, where we are bridging the gap between human isolation and connection. And it's been, I think, two weeks. I know I owe y'all, I know weekly, but it's 2020. Y'all gonna get what you gonna get. That's, that's pretty much where we're at right now. So um, I have a special guest, a very, very good friend and longtime fitness guru. We're going to go ahead and get started with his journey and what he wants to share um, with us. And, you know, we're going to talk about the random and we'll get into his okay and moments. So uh, Mr. James, if you would like to introduce yourself, that would be great. Well, hello. My name is Igan James, and uh, I think the the title precedes me a little bit, but I would say that I fashion myself more of a wellness guru than just a fitness guru. I think fitness has been one small part of this entire equation for me. So I agree. I agree. it started there, and then it blossomed into something a little bit more progressive and a little bit wider ranging than just that. So thank you for having me on here. It is a pleasure and Man, like you said, it's been a long time coming. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> it has, it has. So one thing when we go, you know, live on the show and we're recording, we typically talk about the random and that's anything that comes to mind. So pop culture, anything that's sure. been in the news lately and a couple of things have come to my mind, but one thing that just got announced and I'm, I'm hoping this is confirmed, but the next verses is going to be Lil Kim and Foxy Brown. Oh my goodness. Who <laughs> it, do you have? I this? let me tell you something. <laughs> um I gotta go with I gotta go with Queen B. I mean really? I, I gotta go with Queen B. Mm-hmm. Queen B, I, I, I feel like she is the let's see. Who would who would who would you fashion as the rival to Marilyn Monroe? Ooh. Okay, well, whatever name you end up Ooh, coming up with, I'm saying, whatever name you end up coming up with, that is Foxy Brown. Whereas Queen B is the Marilyn Monroe to me. I just think that oh she's, she's the classic, she is the bad B. I don't know, mm. how, is, how are you with language on this show? Oh, we can cuss. Okay, yeah, she's the, she of all the of all the bad bitches, she's the bad bitch. Like she is the originator. So like I just I always stick with the OG personally. But um, I got to tell you, Foxy does bring it. She absolutely brings it, and um, she's got the kind of sauce, if you will. So mm-hmm. I'm going with Queen B, but it wouldn't surprise me if Foxy takes it. I think one thing that inspired me with New York and just wanting to go to New York was Foxy Brown. I remember, I think it was either, it had to be our eighth grade year or ninth grade year. And that's, I mean, that's dating us a tad bit, a tad <laughs> bit, not that much, just, but a tad just, bit. A, just a touch. Um, but it was one of her albums and it was like, welcome to, Bro-. no, it was, it was, um, oh wait, that's a little Kim, wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, there you go, there no, 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 you no. go. No, wait, I'm about to look it up because now it's about to bug me, but I used to play her album out. I mean, it was, it was insane. And my dad actually gave it to me. My mom was like, you got her listening to Foxy Brown. Like, you don't even know, you don't even know what um, she talks about. Um, oh yeah. That was a song, um, mm. Candy was a song. Like that mm-hmm. was all Foxy and people forget because she was super, super low key when she yeah. entered. Um, but I feel like that's gonna be iconic. I I'll Be Good, I'll Be Good is still one of my favorite jams. Yeah. That's yeah. still one of my favorite jams to this day. Did you, um, what else has been happening in this crazy ass world that we're in? Did you watch the fight between- Oh, Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson, two infirmed uncles waiting in line at the pharmaceuticals counter, basically deciding they wanted to have a friendly match and getting paid. Well, and let me tell you something. The the best part is no matter what it looks like, they got paid. Like they got paid at the end of it. 
I mean, maybe they badly needed it, maybe they didn't, but all I know is they got paid for it. And um, it was, I gotta tell you, man, um, I, Mike Tyson bothers me sometimes because his legend is way bigger than his actual career. I mean, when you look at his career and how it turned out, okay. he had the potential to really be great. And he ended up with Don King. He ended up with people, the wrong people around him. He lost fights he shouldn't have lost, like Buster Douglas comes to mind. And um, he ended up not having what you would have projected he would have had when he was 33-0 and 0 with 30 knockouts at one point and just the baddest man on the planet. So it, it's like his legend grew after he was done. And now he's just all of a sudden Iron Mike and he's like the baddest. Um, it was just, it's just been interesting to me when I look at his, it's almost kind of an enigma when I look at his career. But Roy, and Roy Jones, the same thing. Roy Jones had all of the physical tools to be great. No, exactly. Like he had the physical tools to really be something great, like yeah. really great. And he moved up to heavyweight, moved back down too soon, and he was just never the same after that. And I just, you just wonder with both of them. So it would have been one of those things where had we caught them maybe a decade sooner, it might have been a little bit better. But um, I mean, it, it, it was definitely a draw. Like I was definitely, my interest peaked for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that that one thing that felt like home in this pandemic was the fact of you know, ordering the fight. I just remember growing up and when it was fight night, we would either be at my oh, grandparents' man. house or we would be yeah. in the den and my dad's yeah. now like, honey, we need to get the pay-per-view. <laughs> yep. De La Hoya is about to come yeah. on. Yeah, oh man. Ray Leonard's about to come on. So yep. boxing has been a part of, oh, yes. of our childhood. And I think you, you, you share that as well, but just oh, absolutely. that these two came out there. And one thing that really concerned me was I saw a clip of Mike months ago months mm -hmm. ago when he was just training and the way that this man was hitting that back I think his his um uh one of his trainers had to get surgery oh no he's still he still packs a punch like he still yes. brings yes. he's still vicious yes um so that's I was just I was mesmerized just being in that nostalgia moment. Uh, but I know they were tired afterwards. Ooh. But Mike wasn't tired. Mike was still like, you know, he was still Let's go. Walk, like waltzing around like a lion and stuff. But Roy Jones was out of breath. He oh, was, Roy oh, Jones. Like, Roy Jones looked like he wanted no more. And, and I mean, to be honest, they called it a draw. But there were times where it was just like he wants no part of, of Iron Mike. Like he doesn't want any, yeah. any part of that. Mm -mm, mm -mm. But yeah, it's funny that you say that. Fight night is definitely a part of me, my, my upbringing too. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if you agree, like anything else, when you come up, like it was something. And like, I mean, we had the greats. We had, you know, the heavyweights of the early 80s. And then you had... De La Hoya, you yeah. know, Sugar Shane, Money, obviously, before he became Money, and right. you just had all of these names. Now, when you kind of look at the landscape, it's not nearly the same, and it's just not nearly the spectacle, for me anyway, that it was, like, to watch a pay-per-view fight or to say, hey, let's go to this spot and go pay to enter to watch the watch fight, fight. do whatever. It's just, it's just not quite the same. So, like you said, it was kind of, I think there is a little bit of nostalgia that came from that. I think the the one thing that has taken away from that is uh, MMA fighting and where that audience basically goes. I mean, I, I know sure. a lot of people that do watch it and and absolutely love it. I just, I mean, I remember being at a Buffalo Wild Wings for a fight and right. I was just not into it. And it was graphic. It's more, it's more um, dangerous, I would say. It, it, you know, it's more action packed, but I was right. not into it. And I think because we had so much banter and so much chaos <laughs> prior to the fights. I mean, if you, if you look at, you know, the, the classics of, of Rocky and then understanding oh, Muhammad Ali and just understanding yeah. that build up that anticipation of sure. witnessing two men get in the ring and just go go toe to toe and they've been talking mad shit for the past, you know, two, yeah. three, four or five months, whatever the case may be. And then the training aspect about it, like you oh, absolutely as a, as a, as a sports fan, you get to appreciate the preparation of what they yeah. did in order to get into that ring for those many rounds. Uh, and I think, and I also think we're an instant gratification sort of society. Mm. And with that said, MMA, you'll get a knockout in like 10 seconds. I yeah. mean, they're, they're literally trying to rip their heads off. Like, I mean, yeah. it's ground, it's everything. Whereas, you know, pugilism's a little bit more patient and it's an art. Like, I mean, you can't just go in there wild in. Like, I mean, there's an art and there's a science to it. See Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. 
but um, it's a little bit different. And like what MMA gives you is that ultimate gladiator mentality where it's, it's bones, it's, 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 it's bleeding, it's, it's holds, it's instant knockouts, it's, it's chicken right. fighting, essentially. <laughs> yeah, literally right there. And don't yeah. get me wrong, it's hard. Like, I mean, you and I can both sit there, like, sit there and tell you, like, it's, it's absolutely hard, but it's just a little, it's not quite the skill and art. And I mean, you see some of the guys in there, they just, they straight up don't know how to box or they straight up they straight up wrestle i mean boxing is an art and it's a skill and it, that out very close. oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it's a different kind of game and like i said it's not one where you're going to see knockouts right away all of the time and i mean i think that's what people crave most of the time so that takes some of the, the crowd away and plus i remember uh uh one of the guys on HBO said this best. He said that literally anybody can be an MMA fighter. Like literally you can pitch a tent anywhere and have an MMA fight because all you need to do is get someone four ounce gloves and let them just try to knock the other dude out. Mm -hmm. So I think that that also adds to the appeal a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to see more of these because of, you know, one, how much money they made, but then two, just the, the amount of what people want and, and, how fighters that are older are like, yeah, I can, I can actually get back in the ring. I can yeah. actually train. I can, I can do, there's more. Ooh, and you already know the fighter ego says that. Like, you know, you already right. think you still got it or that it, it only takes much. And I mean, think about this. <laughs> how many years do you give it before we have Mayweather Pacquiao too? Ooh. You know what I mean? Like how many, Ooh. like how many years would you give it before we have that? And think about the, the revenue that would generate. <laughs> He's about to fight whatchamacallit's brother, right? Not, not, um, not the first YouTuber, but the YouTuber's brother. I'm oh, you're talking about the guy that just knocked out Nate Robinson? Yeah. So he's about to fight. Is oh he about to fight Floyd Mayweather or is he about to fight? Either way, he doesn't belong in the ring with them no, at any point. At any point. And it's, it's going to be, I mean, literally, literally, you're getting a payday out of that. Like you're, that's what you're, that's what you're getting out of that. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're, that's what you're getting out of that. Unless it's an uh, exhibition fight, but I don't. Even an exhibition, know. and I mean, even an exhibition, like it's, what do you, I mean, if anything, the, the, the opponent that you face will make it seem like you feel like you're in the fight. Like, you know, like to, to let you, to build you, gonna, build I'm you up. Do a little, right. do a little <laughs> for you to feel. Like you got this, this, right. Like okay, you, like but... you got this, that the pay-per-view audience doesn't feel like they're getting cheated right now. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? There were times growing up where we, you know, I went to the kitchen to go get a snack or whatever, or I was making my plate. And Mike Tyson knocked out people within the first round. Oh no, within absolutely! The first, like forty-five, and you absolutely. missed the fight. You're like, what? What? That's it. That's it. Right. That's it. All my parents would say, like, what? Well, we just missed the fight. What happened? Da, da, da. So <laughs> it was. It was cool to have that. Um, it just. It was just really, really cool to have that. And it was something that I looked forward to for a very long. Right. Postpone the fight. Uh, it was supposed to happen. I think in september and then they postponed it to to november mm -hmm. so i'm glad it worked out i think the the most important person of that fight was um uncle snoop my uncle snoop slow down you <laughs> slow down when you talk about the fact that he needs how is he everyone's uncle i might add i don't know i don't know i adopted him a long time ago i have no he's idea he's everyone's uncle like but he needs he needs to be in more like i need him to do basketball i need him to do oh ball gosh. i need him to do um synchronized swimming like i need him he's already do doing everything. martha stewart yeah so why not all of that and <laughs> so i remember a lot of people don't remember this but he did an episode on uh i think it was national geographic where he was oh, narrating wow. Uh, this pack of animals naturally and, a pack <laughs> how else like, oh they gonna get him go get him oh snaps he about to get him look at his legs go and it was just the funniest shit oh so i need him i need him to continue you need him more that. in your life it sounds like i do i absolutely <laughs> do. i mean outside of his music i need him to commentate more because i will tune into everything that snoop is able to give commentary and we have and somehow he has grown wiser with smoke smoking more marijuana i think his donnie his his don what's his what's his name willie nelson is starting to show oh yep yeah <laughs> yeah that's very very true um so let's let's go ahead and transition from do you know, let's <laughs> the, <laughs> what we're here to talk about so you know we're looking at wellness and what does that mean and i want i want you to take us on a journey so sure. when it comes down to your your pivot moment or even if it was a pivot moment like what got you into wellness sure 
Well, it, like anything, I think the important reason why I asked the question, what does it mean to you, is because it can start from a myriad of places, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, it takes more than one identity on. But for me personally, I would have to say it started with, with nutrition, with food. Um, I believe it and fashion it as the ultimate form of medicine. And, um, you know, when treated properly can really do wondrous things for us and make us rely a lot less on vices and on medicine for treatment and obviously propels us through. And um, it's the ultimate form of fuel in that sense. But it got me started personally. I didn't notice drastic changes in my body and in my mindset and in you know conditions I had. I used to get headaches, migraines quite a bit. Okay. I didn't notice that until I really started changing my diet. And um, I think that the key to a better planet, a better us, a better ecosystem is the food on our plate. And it's as simple as that. But for me, um, it was just that. It was the start. Because I think when, like cleaning out a closet, when you clean out one section, you begin to think about, you gain momentum. You begin to think about what else can I clean out or what else can use improvement in this sense or in this regard. And then you start looking at other things. And um, fitness was something that always came naturally to me. I played sports. and um, But even there, like it was how do I become smarter about the way I train? How do I train in a way that I, aligns with me? Not just for the perfect physique, not just to do what everyone else is doing, not just to lift weights because everyone says, but what, what kind of movement modalities and what kind of methods work for the goal that I'm trying to achieve? And um, mine personally being longevity, it's like, how do I get better at moving? And how do I get better at identifying weaknesses? So I think that for me, wellness is, wherever whatever you think that you can it's whatever you think that you can improve upon to start but ultimately it's food it's movement it's you know psychological health it's your relationships and your social health it's sexual health it takes on so many different aspects it's spirituality mm -hmm. i just think that it's starting with one has just opened my mind up to possibilities and all and it's made me reevaluate how to be the best version of myself and i think that whenever you start with any one particular one you're looking at improvement of self first and foremost and it it really allows you to go deeper within in all aspects and to see where you need to improve where you're lacking what you may need help with and so on and so forth so when you're looking at the different I would say stages of wellness, which one did you, if, if, I don't know if this is the proper term, but which one did you struggle with the most? I think personally, it, it would have to go between mental health and social because um, mentally, I've always been my biggest critic and my biggest, uh, my hardest and harshest judge. And um, I haven't been my own self-support. And in doing so, I think that it's led me to surround myself with people that I would maybe idolize, but not necessarily would do much for me or were there for me in that sense. But um, taking care of myself um, physically led me to look at who, you know, who really supports me in this journey and also do I support myself? You know, when I look at the food that I was eating in my training regimens, they were because I felt like I needed to be perfect. The only reason that people surrounded themselves with me or drew themselves to me was because I looked a certain way or because I had to maintain a certain aesthetic. And that might not have been true, but I didn't know it because growing up, that was always the narrative. Nobody really cared until I hit a growth spurt, until I was playing sports, until I acted a certain way. And that just stuck with me. That was the narrative that I had created for myself. And um, I think that once I realized, like, as you go through this thing called life and your, your regimen's not perfect and you can't always maintain, you know, why is it that, like, you struggle with accepting this? Like, what's the hardest thing about accepting this? And why are you causing yourself so much stress? Why do you feel like you don't amount to anything? And I had to look at that and I had to be honest and I had to get help with something like that because I couldn't do it on my own. And um, I will say that it was really liberating. And knowing that um, you really hold the keys and that 
your you your best self is not defined by perfection and that you ultimately have everything you need within yourself to make yourself complete and to make yourself whole and then also real reanalyzing the fact that in turn you will attract the people that you really want in your life around you so when you become that version of self it reverberates and it draws in people that want to be around you and that was something that was a little hard for me to deal with at the time or start with because I always felt like I had to keep people. I always felt like I had to draw people in. I always had to feel like I mattered in a certain way that would draw people in. So it came, well, <clears throat> I would say that, I have to go back in the archives, so you're going to have to forgive me for a second, but uh, <laughs> I would say that an example of that would be, um, Man, it's hard. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, I would say normally, okay, so like friends that I felt like I would hang with on a regular basis, like okay. I'll just say, I'll just take relationships on a more broader spectrum. Okay. I always felt like I had to be the one to maintain. And in turn, I always felt like I had to be the one to reach out. I always had to be the one to initiate. And I always had to do something to fix myself for the sake of it. So anytime, Anytime there was an argument, anytime there was a conflict, like I always just took blame for it. And I always felt like I had to fix and I always had to do. And what I didn't realize was that I was basically settling for people that didn't want to put in the same amount as me. And I felt like, okay, well, if I just make myself a little bit better, if I just, you know, ensure that I maintain this or that I do this for them, they will stay with me. And I mean, I, romantic relationships like close friendships like numerous like I, I've done it so many times honestly that like it's hard to even cite one specific example relationships take work I mean I, I think in in all aspects they they take work we know that yeah. We, like, we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what but what you don't but sometimes what you don't realize is that you don't have to do all of the work for it. And that it's hard. a hard, it's mm -hmm. a hard notion to let go of that, that you don't need to be doing the work for two people. Like it is not on you to Stressful. carry things. No, and it's not on you to carry things. Like, you know, you realize the kind of people that you want are the ones that will put in the same amount as you or be willing to put forth something for you. And that's a hard concept to grasp for some people, myself included. That wasn't something that came easily to me. And like you said, they take work. But then what you, what you realize is that letting people walk out the door is sometimes the hardest thing because guess what? They just showed you they don't want to do the work. Yeah. You know, so you can't be willing to want to do it for them. And like I said, that was just a hard concept. That was a novel concept for me. So when you're looking at the, the I, would, I would say, self-reflection when it comes down to knowing who you want to surround yourself with, what was, what, what was the tipping point to that? And then how would you help someone get to that level if, if you decided to mentor someone? Right. That? I think understanding, like, if you, first of all, I believe I have a high standard for what I would consider a friend. <laughs> you know, friendship is something that we throw out, like the word I love you, or like the word love, or the yeah. phrase I love you. is one that we just, abuse and just you at use at nauseum right but um you know it takes a very old-fashioned sort of meaning for me like to be a friend is to be someone that's there to be to like i said put in the work to mm -hmm. be there no matter what to comfort to console like to support to be honest like to go through fights and to go through things but to still want to find a way to make it work you know right. and that's a valuable thing that most people would define that as a romantic relationship today. <laughs> but that's any good, that's any worthwhile relationship. I think by defining it first and then also just realizing that um, that's what I want, knowing that's what you want for yourself no matter what. And I think that when I had to reevaluate for all of the people that I might have dubbed as somebody close or as or thinking that the relationship was more particularly when they weren't ready to give that much or when mm -hmm. they weren't putting forth that much it was realizing that you know what like it's letting go is also it could be seen as an addition in this sense like by letting go of something like that you're making room for that which you want to add 
And it may seem like a loss at first, and it may seem like maybe you're, you're setting the bar too high, but you, you know, sometimes you realize like your bar is your bar and that's where you stand and those are your limits. And where you can compromise, compromise, but where you can't, don't. And I think that a lot of times, like I was settling for compromising on what were really hard limits for me that would just drive me insane or drive me to want to be upset or feel a certain way when certain things didn't happen. So I think it was really, it was really just understanding what my limitations were and what my expectations were. And I think that expectation can be a slippery slope because we're told that, you know, you shouldn't expect a lot out of people. However, if, if the expectation is to be a friend or to be this, then there are a certain set of standards and rules that, that make sense to you that, you that you would like to have satisfied in order for you to be happy. Where it goes from there, you guys discuss, but um, I think setting your, setting your boundaries and understanding what it is that you actually want and then communicating it goes a very long way in that and just understanding that everyone's not gonna meet that and that's okay and you don't have to be angry about it and you don't have to blame them for anything about that but knowing that 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 this is where you're at and accepting that and allowing things to come to you i think that's the the most critical part that people have to learn is that everyone is not going to be for you no everyone's not going to be a fan everyone's not going to be you I mean, I've, I've heard people, you know, say like, man, I wish there was a me out there. So that way I knew they would be there for me or, you know, they mm -hmm. would, they would talk to me like this and, and you, there's only one of you. Yeah. So if you're expecting you out of someone else, you're going to be disappointed. You're on a gonna, regular yeah. basis. Do it That's tell. so much heartbreak. It is. <laughs> like, it is. What? It is. And, and not only that, but understanding that there's give and take. You know, like I said, there's a fine line between hard line and then being able to compromise. And like I said, everyone's, like you said, everyone's not going to be you. Like you said, there is only one of you. But what can you accept and what can't you accept? And I think, you know, as long as you have a long, hard discussion with yourself about that, then it makes it a lot clearer as to who you can let in and who you can't. And I, I know, like, for me personally, one thing that I cannot accept is flakiness. I mean, I just have this thing about... If you say you're going to be somewhere or you're going to do something, then that is the expectation. You have said it. Please, like, live up to it or at least tell me why you can't. Where does that, where do you think that comes from? Have you explored that yet? Oh, man, absolutely. <laughs> it, it comes from, I think, I think, I think that there are feelings, I think, for one, when you grew up in a household where your parents were always there whenever you needed them and that they were there and they instilled this value in you that, anybody that's worth having will be there for you and you won't have to beg them or plead them or they won't just disappear out of thin air. I think that was the start of it. And then just even with that, the feelings, I, I, I can be honest and say feelings of abandonment or that I'm not good enough because yeah. somebody, something did fall through, you know, just knowing that, that, okay, you, you know, I know what I'm going to invest. I'm going to invest my time. I'm going to invest my effort. Like I'm not going to waste yours. It, what goes into the what goes into not having the decency to let me know that you are not going to be able to honor what it, whatever it is that you said you were going to do or say like it just is just something about that that's just just really wrong i would never do that personally to someone else i just it, because of those things and having it done to me numerous times i might add i just feel a certain way about it like it's it's disrespectful and it takes i'll say this it used to be like a cutoff but now it just takes it will take a lot of explaining to let me know what happened or what was going into it because trust is a very big thing for me and betraying it is it's very hard to walk back from how does that impact wellness well one like i said it makes you reevaluate the people that you are surrounding yourself with, but also, like you said, yourself, like, yes. are you truly ready for this? Like, okay, why does this keep happening to you? Like, what is it about, what is it about you that keeps drawing in these sort of people? And like, what, what is it that you finally have to say no to? Like something that you're doing is setting you up for this over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you change? Like, what do we, how do we change course here? What do we do differently? Like, and what signs can we pick up on? But 
it, I think it also makes you more self-aware, but also aware of others, you know, really, like, really turns your ears and eyes as to, like, what you're looking for when someone says something to you, or, like, the kind of aura or energy they bring about when they're near you. Like, I know it's a little more esoteric, but we as humans have this sort of ability to feel and to use sensory information and yeah. to be a little more sentient. And we don't lean on it a lot. Like, you know, some people will call it your intuition, others will call it your gut. Like, we really we really think that it's impulse or we really don't trust it. And the truth is it's there for a reason. Like it's there to guide us and it's there to help us make decisions on these sort of things. And I think, you know, a lot of times, like whenever you are speaking to someone or when you're meeting them, you just know, like you just feel it. There's just something that says, Hmm, tell me more. Or there's something that says, um, no. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> like, uh, I think I'm good. Like there's just no. <laughs> something, there's that something that tells you. And I think, yeah, this kind of journey helped me with that, to lean more on, on my intuition and to be honest and to really explore why I was getting the outcomes that I was. Yeah, that's, no, that's so good because oftentimes people accelerate so many different relationships and they do not take the time to pause and say, why? Right. And right. I think a lot of people have the tendency not, they, they don't want to be, lonely and they don't want to you know recreate or, or go out and do whatever again because they want to feel comfortable um but you got to know who you are in order to say no and then continue yeah. you know continue moving forward i'll ask you this so when it sure. comes down to you know the difference between fitness and and wellness like we we know you for what i know you for is you know the 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 turnaround with fitness and then really understanding that's just one aspect of it. So what has been your proudest moment when it comes to putting all of this together? I think the proudest moment for me, and plus I, I'd like to, to note, you definitely knew me when I was quoting and, and citing and emulating Bruce Lee and when I would post my shirtless selfies and when, and you know what, those are in private now. I just don't post them. So not some, not everything has changed. Just want to put that out there. Okay. But, <laughs> but um, you know, I, you've known me throughout this journey and I, I got to say, it's been quite an honor. And um, what has, what I, think I'm proudest of is getting to the point where your fitness and your methods are, they're ubiquitous now. Like they're no longer just pointed to one thing and you feel comfortable and confident in your methods that you know that going out to enjoy yourself one night is not going to kill you. Doing something that's opposite of, you know, balance isn't always doing great things all of the time. Yeah. Balance is allowing yourself that room to indulge, to enjoy. And rather than being self-critical about that now, I enjoy, you know, there are moments and things in life that are imperfect that happen, but you do yourself a much better justice being able to roll with them and trusting in your process, trusting in what you're doing, trusting in your journey, than trying to fix it along the way and to be critical because being critical and being hard on yourself is the worst thing you can do. It's only added stress and it shuts everything down. And like I said, it creates a narrative and it creates bad habits. And now being able to go out and enjoy, like share a piece of cake with someone or enjoy like a piece of beef for a meal or to skip a day. I've been, I've been constantly in rehab right now for old injuries and it's been great, but like I haven't worked trained hard in a while. And okay. to know that it's part of a bigger process for me and that it's not affecting anything. It's, that was something I would have beaten myself up for a long time. Like part of the reason I got in trouble was I trained through injuries that I should not have. And it's, it's proud. It's good to know, like you're at a point now where your wellness is such that it's not defined by just how much I'm moving. It's not defined by just the food I'm eating, but knowing that I have, I've generated and cultivated such good habits with all of it that I know now that there's so much more to it, that I'm fine, that I'm really, really good. What would you tell someone that's, that's, starting this journey but they have so much noise around yeah. them like what like what would you tell somebody uh what would you tell somebody <laughs> <laughs> well the you know the the first thing would be there's always going to be noise mm -hmm. there you we can't we can't always turn the volume down on the noise that's around us yeah. but you can center yourself in it you know there's always a way that you can center yourself 
and focus on whatever it is that you want to accomplish because you know the situations around you you can't always control what you can control is how you navigate them and with that said whatever that noise may be just focus on that one avenue or that one thing that you want to improve and please do not take on a mountain please take the first step and the first step only because it is so easy to become overwhelmed Right. But to start with that and to focus on that and to make sure that you see it all the way through and not to be overly critical because it's so easy when you're starting something new like this that's supposed to represent improvement and supposed to represent a new you, you're going to put so much pressure on yourself to do it that and to do it fast that you're going to feel like a failure if something goes wrong along the way. And it's like, guess what? That's life. It's not going to go perfectly, especially at the start. But what's important is how you navigate it. So like I said, the noise is always going to be there. The distraction, everything's going to be there. But stay steadfast, stick to that one thing and see it all the way through. And realize that this is one really small step in the rest of your life. Do you think it's important to have accountability partners along, along the way? Um, why or why not? And then part two of that question, uh, should you should you not, I guess, should you isolate yourself until you're ready to have the noise around you? Okay. So I think firstly, accountability starts with yourself. And I think that's the most important thing you can start with. But yes, like I think that extra, that extra guidance can help because, you know, if you were holding yourself accountable, you would have done this a long time ago. And that's okay to admit that sometimes. So I think that understanding that this is meant to get you started, but ultimately not to be a crutch is the most important thing is that this is you developing a new habit. This is you sticking to something that you said you were going to do. And I think it's okay to get help along the way. I think surrounding yourself with positive uh, forces is, are, is really important in that. Like if you live with a family that's eating nothing but takeout and fast food and they laugh at you whenever it is that you pop out a salad or you pop out a smoothie, that's obviously not going to help. That's noise. But environment, yes. Right. Your environment does help. But what I will say is that, that don't, you can lean on it to a certain point. Like I said, ultimately, you got to stand. And I think that standing is the most important thing. So getting that, getting that support is vital, but the more vital is it to really establish that goal and to really set yourself, set, stay firm in it and to stick to it. And then uh, to your second question, what was, and what was the second question again? Just overall, is isolation a way to, to gain that goal? Not complete. I think, I think, like I said, balance, like anything else, not complete isolation. I think that if you understand that you have to cut down going out on a Saturday night with your friends because mm -hmm. it's more important to sleep or more important to read that article or more important to educate yourself on the goal that you're trying to attain, that's one thing. But every Saturday for the next four or five months, probably not. You could probably do with one, one Saturday or two Saturdays like out of, the, out of the month to do that. Like I said, every, I think moderation is important in that. I don't think we're meant to be isolated forever. You know, I think we're social creatures and that's an important facet of being well is to know that you have connections with other people, that you can enjoy their company and that you can do things with them all in good fun or for upliftment or for whatever the reason may be. I think that's an important thing. So I don't think you want to be in complete isolation whenever you take anything on because like I said, back to your first question, you may need that additional support. And if you're getting it from them, then you definitely want to, you definitely want to uh, know that you have it. When you um, look at yourself now and look at yourself in the past, what advice would you give to yourself? <laughs> so when I look at myself now, I, I see myself as basically at the middle of a road to something much bigger, right? Like just mm -hmm. something, something more, more superfluous, if you will, something much bigger than me. And if I were to look back at myself, let's just say five, <laughs> five years ago, yeah. you know, not that long ago. Patience is a really, really big thing. I think I am, I know everyone wants everything now, but like, I really want everything fast. Like I'm so willing to work hard. And if I'm going to work that hard, then oh. damn it, I'm going to have it now, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. that's always been my mindset with things. And I've not always seen them through. And I've always been quick to start something else in, in order to achieve it. 
And I think that, that looking back, you know, understanding as I do now, patience and the virtues of it. I mean, it's so cliche, but it's so right at the same time, just knowing that to slow down and to allow things to happen, things will happen for you. You know, they say when you put it out in the universe, the universe begins working for you, but how can you yeah. allow it to work for you if you're so busy and so, so occupied with doing things to do it through, <laughs> like, you know, all the way to the end. It's, it's weird. I, I think that allowing things to happen is one of the best ways to let, to have things happen for you and not forcing them. And I think that was the biggest thing for me was always trying to force my way into things and always trying to do more to get things done. What, when it comes down to knowing that, and what you mentioned earlier, spirituality and just what are, what has, what has been the moment for you when it comes to spirituality to where it's working for you? And I, and I say that for you because oftentimes people are like, yeah. well, what's the best practices for everyone to do? <laughs> right. Work for everybody. So right. you, what does that look like? Well, I'll take you back to the last law enforcement decision I tried to go through with, and that was with Seattle PD. And I just sat there. Oh. And, and it was after my failed attempts with the Air Force, with okay. the EA, with FBI. And at that point, it was like, this has to be a sign. Like something has to be at work here because what's going on that I, I didn't get through to these three agencies. And then with Seattle, it was like, is this what you really want to do for the rest of your life? Like, is this the key to happiness for you? And it's like, ah. no. And it's like, okay. no. Like the answer was a, was a, was a straight no. And... Um, from there, it just made me think about everything that's happening in my life, you know, no, you know, a job that's not fulfilling me, uh, mounds of debt, having to move back home. What, like, where did I go? Like, you know, what, what left turn did I take? And where did I go wrong? And what is it that this is teaching me? Like, what is this that this is trying to tell me? And I think that, that sometimes you have no choice but to trust because you're just in such a deep, like dark hole with everything that yeah, it's like, this. what, yeah, yeah, what, what, you know, what am, what else can I do? Like I've done so much that like, it's gotten me here. Like I've literally driven myself into this situation. What do I look towards? And I mean, whether you want to call it God, like Allah, the universe, which is my preference, mm -hmm. there's something else out there that's at work. If you just let it like let it bring things to you. And it's not easy to grasp because like I said, you think you have to work that much harder to make things happen. And that goes to, that's true to a certain degree, but it's one of, literally one of those things like I can't explain, but you just feel like you just know when you're at that point where you just have to let go. And I think that at that point, three years ago or two years ago, I just let go. I literally just let go. And I was like, what is it? What is it that, really makes me happy let's just start there forget about like the the major career change forget How about all of this process? it was it was arduous it was definitely slow and it was definitely hard i mean some of the most humbling moments would be when my paycheck would come and literally all of it would be gone and you know now i'm incurring overdraft fees um, then knowing that like I would have to borrow money and then knowing that I just didn't have the freedom to be able to do the things that I wanted to do, you know, knowing that I had put myself in this position, like it just, it, you just, you just came, you came full circle to a lot of things that you might've been doing that you might not have thought would have come, came back around to you that did. And it was, man, it was humbling. It was truly humbling. And I think that, um, every good story has this sort of journey and like every any story worth living and telling has this sort of journey and i mean i'm just fortunate to have to go through it but um i think really letting go was the key to it because had i not like i probably would have been coming up with some other grand scheme in the wrong arena the wrong avenue not rehabbing myself not being um, retro introspect not reflecting and just thinking that I, I alone had the keys to my happiness and I would just drive the car till the wheels fell off trying to get there. What do you think is the hardest part about people letting go? Trusting. I think that, that truly trusting that there is something at work for you or trusting that you're not in complete control of it. Because, you know, we only think that control is the things that we can see, touch, feel, or pay for. 
And, you know, I think that ultimately, like, I mean, just think of major CEOs, like major companies, they can pay for everything. Everything's at their fingertips. Like it's power, right? Like somehow or another, they're untouchable. You know, one scandal, one like angry employee later, one whatever, now you're not, you know, now it's all gone. And I just think that it, it, there's no such things as, thing as absolute control and there is no such thing as you being a complete existentialist and just having control of whatever outcomes. Like there are outcomes and then there's what you do mm-hmm. and there are signs all around us. Like I think, I think so, to a certain degree, our story is premeditated. You know, there is something at work out there for us. Do you want to listen or do you want to go ahead and circumvent and try to create that? And I think that it's, it's hard to get that alignment between what you 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 draw up right like what that goal looks like in your head and then like what is laid out for you and realizing where they intertwine i think that can be kind of hard sometimes but trusting you know just trusting that this is happening for you and not to you and just trusting the signs and trusting yourself you know trusting yourself to be able to handle it to navigate it well to do what you need to do but I think that we're so caught up in wanting the answers right away and the answers told to us in some narrative or in some form that we're not willing to seek them ourselves or to trust ourselves to be able to pick ourselves up after a mistake or after something goes wrong. I think we just want everything to go perfectly that we don't trust mistakes and we don't trust learning and teaching moments. And I think that goes back to understanding what wellness means because I think of journeys and oftentimes they're so discombobulated because yeah. you have so much distraction, so much noise, so much garbage. And yeah. you have to really detox. And a lot of people think like, oh, detox, you know. It's a green juice. Yeah. But it's 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 detoxing your mind. It's detoxing like you need to be grounded yeah. with what's going on. And I think what- Your people, tribe. Right. Like just everything. Right. And I think what people- tend to miss is that if you are not grounded, you're going to miss those signs. You're going to miss those, those moments where the universe is open up saying, Hey, this is, this is the way. Right. Versus being detoured to, you know, detoured to four months, six months, two years, 10 yeah. years, 20 years, a 20 life. years, life, a life. Yeah. What, what else, like, what is that potential if we just took the time to, to center ourselves. And I think this is, it's hard because at first, like the beginning of the pandemic, I was, I was like, okay, having this expectation of going back to the norm mm-hmm. is not looking at this as a blessing because yeah. out of your lifetime, have you had a, a serious pause moment? Oh my goodness. Like, you hit it right what? on the head. <laughs> like, no, you, is as bad as this pandemic has been on yeah. so many levels and mm-hmm. what's what was worse was how it was handled i'd like to throw that out there yep. um <laughs> i really got to just like you said how often do we get to stop and think for a second yeah. or just stop and be solitary just to think about something or to to reflect and we got that major like you hit it right on the head like we certainly got those moments and you know i even if it doesn't turn out to be, like you said, the endeavor that does it, whatever it is for you, mm-hmm. just the fact that you got the direction that you had not, maybe that you hadn't had for a long time, like it came certainly. And I think that, like you said, in this situation, I mean, who knows what the hell you'd be doing just like had it not happened, but here you are now basically doing boss things on a podcast, you know, and it, now here I am basically pursuing the endeavors that I've sought. And I never, I, I, I'll tell you right now, a year ago, like a few months ago, I didn't think I'd be here. You know, like I just absolutely didn't think I'd be here. But like you said, being grounded in what it is that you actually want and, and it asking for it, then puts you in position to do this. It's, it's, it's humbling. One, it's, it's truly humbling. I think the other part is and not to sound like cheesy, but oh, please cheese away. <laughs> <laughs> it's the moments where we take for granted, where we're so on the go, 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 go. And that's how you get things. And that's, that's how, how you, you get things. You right? go, 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 hustle, 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 taught. grind, grind, grind. And it's like, how about if you just slow down for a second and just mm. stop? Like, mm. 
that's the problem where I think either there's a comparison factor where, okay, well, this person's doing this, so I'm going to do this, yep. or this, but it's, it's stay in your lane. Yeah. Stay in your lane. There's so much that is out there that is yours. You know, like you have a design. Sure. No, exactly. And, you know, I was just, that just made me think of something else. Like, you know, when you say you are catering your life basically based on the standards of others, like even with your friends, you know, but I always say those that have walked their own journey will not judge you for yours. Because oftentimes, like you said, you're scared of talking to someone and saying, hey, like, I'm just going to throw this out there. Hey, like, I want to be a porn star. Like, mm -hmm. can you imagine the looks you would get? Like, like you said, this is okay and, right? Yeah. Literally yeah. anyone that was, that was with you that was truly on their own path, they'd be like, okay. Like, so what are you waiting for? <laughs> versus, where, <laughs> versus where you get the looks like, oh, a porn star. Well, you know, um, how long is the life expectancy? Or, um, you know, what yeah. do you generate? And um, yeah. you know, are you going to be yeah. able to do? And it's just like, yeah, like you said, oh, well, maybe I'll just reevaluate. Like, no, like. It, it's it's things like that 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 like you said you're basically dictate to you who's really walking on their own path because I'll tell you right now when you find that what you want to do is the most outlandish and wildest thing ever in your own head based on your own judgment and the judgment that others have like I said instilled upon you mm -hmm. you know you're truly at home when you say it and it's like people are just like yes go for it like hell yeah go for it like yes. like I said be in alignment do your thing I think it just it just you made me think of that when you said that you really do need to be grounded and like I said part of that grounding process is being grounded in grounded and surrounded by people that will support you along the way and something like that. Yeah, I'm very, I mean, you know this, I'm very particular about my tribe and, and yeah. the certain things that I go through because at first it was, I was very prideful. I was very, um, I am going to try to be perfect as possible, mm -hmm. knowing that that is not something that I can achieve at all whatsoever. But again, to your point, I had to filter out those people that were expecting perfection yeah. from me, that they were expecting that, oh, Jess is going to X, Y, and Z. And once I filtered, once I got all the shit out the way, oh, man. it was, it was the most beautiful thing. It was like when Thanos, like, you know, snapped his fingers and he like ended up in the, in the, in the water. And it's just like, oh, beautiful. And yes, oh man, it's quiet. And it's, it's just crazy. serene. And it's like, despite the fact that he just murdered half the population, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, forget it. Like, balance, no, I, though. right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, it, it's so funny. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna digress slightly here. Yeah. Isn't it so funny how this pandemic has been essentially the snapping of the fingers, Ooh. if you will? Like, I'm, I had a, I had, a, I'm not big on conspiracy theories, okay? But like, I had my wild yeah. conspiracy theory moment, where it was like, this is happening because clearly they just want population control. Because there's no okay. way in hell you okay. could just, there's no way in hell you can just allow this many people to just die. Die. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and I don't, I don't think you're far off from it. I honestly, I don't, I don't think you're far off. How from can it. you be this negligent otherwise? Like, I mean, even the dumbest of dumb would, would do something, but, but here we are, you know, and it's, it's, it's crazy. But like I said, this is that, this is that end game moment. This is that, you know, <laughs> like end game moment, yeah. if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just got done with a whole Marvel, uh, Marathon. Did you dedicate? I was gonna say. I hope you didn't dedicate a whole podcast to Marvel yeah, you know <laughs> and its wild might, theories. Because if you do, you have to invite me. You have to invite me on that one because okay. I swear to God, I'll nerd out with you. Dear, deal, deal, super deal. Because it's it's a lot of the the content that we watch and we can apply it to real life. I mean, there. Are, oh, absolutely. The the messages are all, the messages are plenty and abound. Yeah. Like I mean, they're yeah. there. They're right in front of your face. Mm -hmm. And I think where you have majority of people that that go back and watch content that we watched as kids oh man like star trek like the old star treks man did you see the stuff that was in there like it's like wow like just think of this just think of this like people hail republicans probably hail captain kirk because he said without in one episode without struggle there's no progress and it's like hmm, hmm. well then so you're calling so basically he's calling out radical socialism right there because it's like well gee if everyone just had access to everything and nobody had to struggle would this really be such a bad place like would this would this really be bad i yeah. I, I, I don't think so 
I, yeah. I, well, we'll look at that FDA like Pfizer <laughs> vaccine. That's oh, about to happen. Oh, man. It's already happening, Jess, like right in front of our eyes. Ah! It's literally happening right in front of our eyes. And you know what, hun? This is for the leaders out there. Like I said, since we're talking about spiritual awakening and we're talking yeah. about paths, for the leaders out there, like you fashion yourself and I fashion myself, like this is the moment where you lead, like where you pick up and you, you grab the mic however you can mm -hmm. and you speak and you convey a message and you put it out there. So, I mean, like I said, it's what you do with it. The noise is there. The noise is always going to be there, but how do you navigate it and what do you do with it? Some people complain it's too loud. Some people put earmuffs on and just act ambivalent and then some, you know, hear it and then respond to it or make music out of it. Yeah. Or some people dance to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Amen to that. Um, two, um, second to last question. So if you had one word to describe you right now, what's the word, word and why? Dynamic, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. I just think that whatever I bring to the table, it is brought. Like, I mean, no matter what endeavor I choose to go after, I can get it done. I can attack it. I can learn, extrapolate, and then whatever happens after that happens after that. But I just think that I just bring that, who is that factor to it? Or who, like, what is this guy about? Like, I just really think that I really think the sky literally is, is only a limit if I make it that. Like, I just think I'm capable of doing anything at any time. And I really feel like I'm tapping into that. And it becomes less crazy to ask for certain things when you believe you can do it. And I just, I'm tapping into that right now. Like, it's less crazy to ask for modeling opportunities if you really think you can model. And it's like, I think I can fucking do this. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so it, it's like, it, I just think that I'm really dynamic and that I don't, I'm not defined by just one thing. I mm -hmm. think that the beauty of being human is that we can wear many hats if we choose to, you know, you can, and you can master as many, as, as many things as you want to. Like there literally is no bound except for what people tell you or what your own personal limitation is. And why not find out what that is? And I just think that I'm finding out what that is. I love it. I absolutely love it. Last question. What quote do you live by? <sighs> Man, it's, it's, you know, it's Brucey, good old Bruce. Yeah. Um, do not wish for, you know, do not pray for an easy life pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Yeah. And I just think that that goes a very long way. I actually have two, but I'll go with that one for now. Um, but really understanding that, you know, any boat that sails out to sea is going to hit a storm or hit a tide or hit a wind, hit something along the lines. Mm -hmm. Just know, just trust yourself to be able to navigate it and to go through it and to be able to endure. I think the one thing that we lack a lot in society, particularly nowadays, is resilience. You know, being yes. able to go through something hard and to see it all the way through and to get to the other end. Like, I mean, like I said, nothing happens overnight as I've, as I've had to, to remind myself and tell myself over and over again. But at the same time, like, how do you expect to actually learn unless you're put in a situation where it's just so foreign and you're uncomfortable? Like, you're not going to learn anything. Like, I think with the age of Google and everything at your fingertips, you, you, don't, you don't want for anything. And, you know, everything that you want the answer to is readily available. It doesn't really make you search. And I just think that being, having, having the ingenuity and having the resilience to make it through something is valuable because guess what? You will be fine no matter what because you'll always be looking for a way and you'll know that there is a way as long as you stick to it. This is the way. Yeah. This is the way. Okay. <laughs> um, it has been a pleasure. I, we, oh. I know we can talk all day, um, but I know we gotta, we gotta keep it, keep it <laughs> to the time frame. Oh and so God. where could people, if they wanted to reach out or, you know, see your content and, and the growth that you are, where they can reach out to you? So my Instagram is Igan James. That's A-Y-G-E-N-J-A-M-E-S. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, find me there. 
I'm definitely looking to book more opportunities. So if you have anything that you'd like to collaborate on, that is the best way to reach me. Absolutely. Um, so one thing I wanted to do too, so one, uh, thank you again. And then two, just understanding like we are here to support small businesses. So um, if y'all can go check out Relax and Restore, Relaxed and Restore, and it's a, a great wellness um, opportunity where, you know, candles and just, just really understanding the importance of wellness. So really support that business, go buy all the products, go listen to the podcast, all of that good stuff. Um, until next time, y'all, I will see you, not see you, obviously, but um, we'll see you next. Dang, why do I keep on saying that? I can't even sign off. Uh. Until next time, y'all. Y'all know I'm goofy. <laughs> Love y'all. Peace. Thank you.